Are you always coming up with ideas? Do you marvel at successful business owners? Do you hate being told what to do? Ever take things apart just to see how they work? Are you a dreamer? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Enclave with Kevin Wortham, the podcast that focuses on building, maintaining, pivoting, planning, and investing in you, the entrepreneur. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tapes and Specialties is the world leader in tape manufacturing and specialty conversion with over 40 years of experience. In addition to our pro brand of high quality specialty adhesive tapes, we provide contract converting services that help improve your profitability, streamline your supply chain, and reduce inventory costs. We offer the most complete range of converting capabilities in the industry, such as cloth tape, double coated tape, specialty tape, paper tape, masking tape, vinyl tape, carton sealing tape, adhesive transfer tape, duct tape, phone tape, electrical tape, filament tape, foil tape, reflective tape. And the tape just keeps on rolling. Visit us online today at www.protapes.com or call us at 800-345-0234. Pro Tapes, it's just how we roll. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Entrepreneur Enclave, Life's Coming Attraction. I am your host, Kevin Wortham. We've got a blast from the past, someone from the original Minding Our Business program, so I'm quite sure this is going to be good. We've done no prep, so <laughs> George, don't mess up, please. <laughs> George, Talking welcome. About no pressure. Welcome to the platform. How are you, my friend? Very well. Thanks for asking. Thank you for having me. It's such a great pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, when did you come out of Ryder University? I graduated in May 2016. 2016. And so, then I assume, let's do the simple math, in 2012, you were a freshman at Ryder. Correct. Okay. September 2012, brand new freshman to Ryder University. Excellent. And so when did you start the Minding Our Business program? I want to say uh, my junior year of college, so maybe 2014-ish, somewhere around okay. there. Yeah. And why were you encouraged to uh, participate? So I had a talk with Dr. Hernandez at the time, and yes. uh, I took one of his classes, and he was telling me, hey, George, you should you know, check out this program. Come see me after uh, class, and let's have a further discussion. And uh, I went, had the conversation with him, and as he was telling me more and more about the program and what it entails, I was like, wow, this sounds like a great and exciting opportunity for me to explore my entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, you know, skills and try to give forward or help the others uh, in those local communities yes. and see if I can help them find their passion to be able to, uh, you know, find a career that they possibly may like and give them a different perspective on life. Yes, wonderful. So first of all, thank you for uh, volunteering and thank you for being a, such a wonderful mentor. Which school did you participate in? Uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> I do not recall. Um, it was somewhere in Trenton. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, no prep. So. Yeah, yeah, no prep. So I'm, <laughs> I'm lost too now. <laughs> okay. It now, was do, one of the schools in Trenton and, and uh, the kids that I was. Re 
Was it a junior it high ele- school? Elementary? Yeah, it was an elementary school. I think I had uh, fifth was, graders or something like that. Was it Monument School? Was it Kilmer? I, I, I honestly don't recall. Okay, that's okay. I'm now, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Do you still keep in touch with any of the students from Facebook or social media? I do not. No. Okay. 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 So, so you're, you're at Ryder. Uh, you're a junior. You're not thinking about giving back to the community. You're not thinking about anything. So here comes this wonderful guy, Dr. Hernandez and says, do I, do you want to participate? And you jumped at it. And so, uh, what, what goes on? You, you go through the training, you, you come to the Trenton schools and you're serving as a mentor, trying to encourage some of the young folks, right? Correct. Yes. What, prior to you coming to Ryder, what was your background? Where Where were you uh, staying? Where were you living? Where did you go to high school? Um, I went to Bayonne High School, graduated class of 2012. Yes. And I've lived most of my life in the city of Bayonne, but previously I was in Jersey City, which is right my next door neighbor. Okay. And um, I went to PS33, and then right after fifth. Right after fourth grade, my parents had decided to move to the city of Bayonne, and that's where I went to uh, schools here starting fifth grade up until I graduated high school. But, but what, what led you to Ryder? Um, I got a great merit scholarship, and okay. I just loved the gym that was there. Okay. And I just had a great day during orientation when I was checking out different colleges. Awesome. Did you, did you know your major prior to going to Ryder? It's actually a funny story. So uh, junior year of high school or actually senior year of high school, when I was trying to decide, uh, I had made up my mind I was going to do pharmacy. Yes. And I had no intention of doing business or anything like that. So I spoke to one of my buddies and he kind of was telling me that, you know, the health sciences is a a hard road. You really got to be passionate for it. And I was okay in chemistry. And I sat there and I did some soul searching. And I was like, you know what, maybe... Maybe I, uh, I need to reconsider if pharmacy is going to be the route that I'm going to go down. And senior year of high school, I took an accounting course, and it was an elective. Yes. And my guidance counselor, she really recommended that I take one of these uh, new electives that uh, our high school was offering at the time. One of them was accounting. So I decided, <laughs> let, me, let me do accounting. I was like, let me give it a shot. It was me and two of my other buddies. We did it. And from that moment on, I was like, you know what? I think business is my passion. I just love the, the whole uh, problem solving, trying to come up with solutions. And it just intrigued me. And uh, from that moment on, I decided to study finance. And I was really thankful for the conversation I had with one of my buddies. He's actually uh, a surgeon now. So he decided to what? go down that route of healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So this is the guy that went to Ryder with you? No, 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 oh, he okay. didn't. He didn't. Oh, okay. This is the guy who spoke with me in uh, like junior or senior year of high school, yes. telling me, "Hey, if I really want to pursue pharmacy, then it, it's uh, I, I really got to be passionate for it." And then okay. I found I found my passion was towards business, you know, understood uh, the problem solving and stuff. And then I went into Ryder's. I decided that finance was going to be my major. And uh, from that moment on, you know, it's been a great journey so far. Awesome. So now what, I, I, when we were doing some, some prep, not a, not a lot of prep, which business <laughs> did you start? 
So uh, my first business I started was uh, a burger joint. Yes. And I opened it with one of my longtime buddies. Yes. Uh, my close best friend. We grew up together. And we got into it, I want to say, 2018. Okay. But by the time we were able to find a place, lease it, get it under construction, we didn't actually officially start to open our doors to customer until, um, I want to say, 20, somewhere, sometime in 2020, okay. earlier mid-2020. Yes. And then that was right in the midst of COVID. So we got into this whole journey, really excited, young kid, entrepreneurial spirit. We want to, you know, change the world, offering oper- employment opportunities to our local community. And, you know, here, here we are. We're like, <laughs> we're going to change the world. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, little did we know that it took a whole global pandemic to... Yes get us off the high horse that we were on, I guess. <laughs> it was definitely a rough journey. At one point, I, I was like, I told my buddy, I was like, hey, listen, should we pull the trigger on this? Um, it got really rough. It was, you know, it went from all, um, you know, exciting yes. moments to now, hey, this is real. We have a lot of money into this. Yes. Um, what are we going to do? Wow. We had a few conversations with different types of marketing companies. We did a lot of analysis and feasibility studies. And then um, we decided, you know what? We came this far, yes. even though it was a global pandemic. We're, we're not, we're not going to quit yet. Okay. That was the whole point of being an entrepreneur, right? Yes. So we did our calculation. We, you know, trying to figure out what our opportunity cost was. And we're like, you know what? We're going to continue. We're going to go for it. And then thankfully, it was successful. We were open for almost two years. Yes. We had a great time. We learned a lot of uh, different aspects of the business, running yes. it, hiring, um, you know, the taxation on the business, operating, managing people, time management was, you know, key to the success of this. Yes. And, um, you know, we actually just got rid of the store uh, about a month or two ago, and now we're pursuing a different opportunity. We got into real estate. Okay. And now this is our uh, new baby. Wow. So let me, let, me, let me stop you, George. So <laughs> you, you know how important the business plan is, correct? Of course. Nowhere in the business plan did it, see, did it show a forecast or you forecasting overcoming the pandemic. That wasn't even in <laughs> No, absolutely not. And this is, that, that's the most important thing when you're planning for a business. Yes. You, you always say, these are the risks, and then there's always that one or two percent risk where yes. you always factor in, and you're like, "Oh, well, what are the chances that's going to happen to yeah, me?" Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then up until it happens to you, and you're like, "Oh snap! I, yeah. I, there's, I, I, I didn't prepare for this." Yeah, and, um, and you know what's going to be funny? Some, what's going to be funny, George? I'm sorry for cutting you off. Now, sure. because it's happened, I think anyone who does a business plan now, they have to do like the cataclysmic what if. Of course. That's got to that's got to be course. in your analysis of doing the business now, right? Did you and, did you have that, did you have Ron Cook as one of your professors, the entrepreneurial professor? Dr. Uh, Ron, Ron Cook? Cook? Yeah. I I'm not sure to be okay. honest. You know, I don't have the best memory. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I are in the same boat. So, you do yeah. you do your 2 years with the burger joint. What was the name of your burger joint? Um, it was called Burger. One more time? Bergam, Bergam, Burger. It's Burger. I am at the end. Yeah, Bergam. 
Yeah. Now, what does that mean? What's the significance behind that name? What does that mean? Uh, so it was actually uh, an Israeli franchise, and then it came to the United States. And okay. the, the IM means it's like multiple, like more than one, so yes. more than one burger, and that's what they really stood for. So the whole style of this was you go there, you get your, you know, your burgers and cravings of like two, three, or, you know, m- more than one. That, that was the whole point. And hence they called it Burger M, which you- is more than one burger. Now you you bought into a franchise, correct? Wow, I you know I wish I wish you would have told me. Well, we didn't know each other back then. Uh, a buddy <laughs> of mine, I just I just did his episode called um, franchising, right? Um, okay. Uh, his name is Boyington Weeks. His son just graduated from Ryder. Oh, okay. And he ran track for Ryder, and uh, he is well the father, not the son, but the father is a very dear friend of mine. He specializes in franchising. So, wow. so uh, you got to go back to some of the old episodes and listen, because I'd love to put you two in touch <laughs> with each other. And, and maybe you can do that burger business again, because that sounds interesting. So now, now the new business that you and your partner have, what, what, what type of business is that now? So it's a private real estate investment fund. Yes. So um, we specialize in bringing the institutional real estate investing to the local everyday investor. Yes. And essentially what that means is um, there are so many people out there that, you know, they have some money on the side. They want to jump into real estate. They want to be able to invest and they don't know how, when, or where to start. Uh, And in real estate, you can make a lot of money or it's an opportunity for you to lose money. So you have to be really careful on, on how to plan and what decision you're going to do in, when it comes to real estate. Absolutely. And it's, uh, there is uh, quite a few different varieties when you, uh, and types of real estate investments where you can fix and flip, you can buy and hold, uh, development, uh, the mixed usage. So you got to pick a strategy and just stick to it up no. until you really understand the ins and out of it. And then from there, you can you know maneuver a bit and try to, explore different strategies but and that's that's what we learned so we we are in the buy and hold we are in the long-term buying multi-unit families and we are renting them out we're building equity as the time go by and then our investors are earning passive cash flow every single month um from the rental income that we're receiving from the tenants wow awesome and you guys have been in business for how long uh technically three years Wow. But uh, the past year and a half, that's where we really kicked off. And then which which area of service are you concentrating the business in currently? In terms of the, the, the investment strategy or well, I mean, which location? Area, which areas that are you buying the, uh, the real estate in? So we're really open to different regions. Right okay. now, our biggest focus is the Midwest. We believe that there are a lot of opportunities, especially with uh, due to COVID, a lot of companies are moving out of the Northeast yes. and moving a lot of their operational headquarters to other states besides New York, New Jersey. Yes. And we're just, you know, following that pattern. Like Ohio is a, is a great opportunity. It's a great market to get into. Okay. IBM is still uh, spending, uh, you know, a couple billion dollars to start up a plant over there. Yes. and. So that's going to attract a lot of people, a lot of employment, a lot of uh, new opportunities. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana is also another attractive market that we have found. Okay. And, um, you know, and, and then the usual, you have the Texas, you have the Florida market. 
Uh, we got in and out of Illinois, which was, you know, uh, a good market as well. But um, we're, we're shifting our model a bit now. Now, so how did you create such a portfolio? Um, did you already know someone in the real estate business that could help you? Or how did you decide that you wanted this to be a part of your portfolio? So I, I have two other business partners. Yes. One of them is the same person that I had the business with the burger joint. Yes. And then uh, my the other business partner, he's, he has a master's in uh, data science and analytics. Got you. And um, he's the, our research and analytical person. So we're able to, you know, we use different research uh, analysis tools uh, as a resource. And we're able to identify, uh, you know, different markets of where we're going to invest next. Got you. And because of his help, and we sit there and we study, you can, you know, review or, you know, really study different markets before you make a decision. Okay, this is the one we're going to move into next. Got you. Now, so we, we, we look for a couple of, go ahead. No, 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 you continue. I can hold my thoughts. I was going to say, we look for a couple of things. We were looking for, you know, are there any companies moving out into that region? Uh, what's the population growth looks like currently? And then, you know, projection for the next uh, five to seven years, possibly. Are there only local community banks or are there major national recognized banks like, you know, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America? Are there, Starbucks or a local mom and pop shops of coffee, uh, uh, coffee stores. So, and these, these are just like, you know, a couple of the things that we're, we're, we look into before we identify a market just so we can have an idea of, you know, where the future or the projection uh, for the next few years for that specific region. Now, this is all personal real estate, meaning, you know, homeowner, you're not looking for any commercial real estate. So this is primarily residential. Yes. So it's multi-unit. So these are like 20 plus units per building yes. uh, that we're, we're identifying because it's all about the rental income. It's mm -hmm. all about building equity in the uh, asset. And we have not decided to get into commercial yet. Okay. Although it's definitely in our business model. Okay. But we're just taking it one step at a time at the moment. Now, personal question. Uh, startup, sure. startup capital. How did you go about... Uh, acquiring startup capital to move into this business? Very good question. Because I come from the finance industry, yes. specifically wealth management, I was able to learn a lot of experience in the past on raising capital and talking to potential investors and clients to invest in specific asset classes. Got you. Real estate happens to be one of them. So I was like, I'm working for a company. I'm you know, doing the same thing for, for these folks. Yes. I was like, I'm going to learn as much as I can. And then eventually I want to be able to do it for myself. Awesome. And we went, we had a conference, we met with potential uh, investors, we pitched the idea. And then, you know, one thing led to the other. And we were able to raise capital for one unit. And then, you know, we just kept on growing from there. Wow. Now, so we pulled in. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the beauty of a fund. If someone has twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, they're willing to invest in real estate. Maybe that 20, 30, 50 grand with a bunch of other 20, 30, 50 grand can make you so much more as opposed to you doing it on your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want, I want to get back to the fun, but what, was, what did your pitch sound like to your potential client or your potential investor? What did the pitch sound like? That's a great question. You know, I should invite <laughs> you to our next conference. <laughs> now you really want to know all of our secrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
you know, it's not really a pitch. I, I, I would call it, I, I like to educate people on investing, yes. but more specific in real estate. Okay. So I identify a couple of, uh, as an entrepreneur, you need to learn how to solve problems. Yes. I feel like an entrepreneur, a synonym for it is a problem solver. So yes. for me to understand, I need to solve a problem. I need to identify the problem. So the problem was you want to invest. You can't do it on your own. You're working your nine to five. You have your family and stuff like that. You have your cash parked and sitting in a bank account that's earning you, you know, 0. 0.0 something percent, which is well below the inflation rate. So you're purchasing power. You're actually losing money every single year if it's not maintaining the inflation uh, rate. Yes. So the solution to this, putting it in a inflation hedged asset class, which is real estate, and it pays much more than inflation. So at least you're parking your money in a safe asset, tangible, regardless of what's happening in the financial market. Your money is somewhat protected and um, backed up by a physical ad, uh, asset. There's an address. You can touch it. You can, you can see it. You can drive past it, you know? And, um, you know, but we showed our projected returns and what we were able to accomplish in the past and that, uh, you know, triggered some interest in potential investors. Now, has the has your fund, your firm, considered doing any investment in the urban uh, areas of uh, of the eastern east, east coast, like you know, in in Jersey City, in Newark, in Trenton? Yes, uh, we have considered that, okay. given the nature of the location and the extreme upfront cost that we need to do or need we need to come to the table with in terms of capital. Okay. We decided we're going to hold off on that for now, okay. but it's definitely in our business plan. We are willing to explore and to go down that route. We're we're all, all three of us, uh, myself including my business partners, we're all from the Jersey City, Hudson County yes. um, area. So we definitely want to give back to our community. We definitely want to invest in it. We definitely want to be able to build something so beautiful and gorgeous, where you know we're able to house individuals in. Well, I listen. I just I just finished an uh, interview with. Uh... A dear friend of mine, uh, John Hatch, who's doing some wonderful uh, development uh, in 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 the city of Trenton. Um, I'm born and raised here, so I've got I've got some connections. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in touch with a few other people. Uh, one guy is Eric Maywar. He is like the the guru. He's the ambassador for the city of Trenton. You know, helping people out with grants and things of that nature. So I'd, I'd love to put you in touch with him. And to see, yeah, that would be fantastic. And see what opportunities uh, come out of come out of that. But uh, continue. So, so you're now when you're investing. I, I lost my thought, but let me just go back. I think I think I think part of it was when you put together your prospectus. Do you allow the investor to travel to the site that to see the investment property? Do, have you and your sure. part, have you and your partner gone to see the investment property? before you decide that this is what you want to move on? Yeah, so I, I can't tell someone not to go visit the property, right? Yes. Uh, at the end of the day, they're still an investor in it. They have some type of ownership to it. Yes. And I would actually recommend for all of our investors to go out there and explore the the uh, you know the, the assets or the properties that they're invested in. Yes. So and have they seen it? I'm not quite sure. Most of our investors are here in the Northeast region. Okay. A lot of our properties are in the Midwest. Yes. So I don't know if they ever got a chance but to go and see it. But I always recommend for all of their uh, of all of our investors to Google Earth it. You okay. know, Google it. Look around. Look where it's at. 
Uh, we give them all a bunch of pictures and videos to make them feel that um, they, they're able to see it. We do a lot of 3D tours yes. where, you know, someone can tour the property without being physically at the location. Yes. And, um, yeah, so that's that part of the question. Have I seen the properties? The ones out there in the Midwest, we have not seen it in physical. Okay. But we have, you know, hired a lot of, uh, we, we partner with a lot of uh, third-party networks where yes. we're able to, you know, get as much information as we possibly need so that way we can make uh, a well-minded decision in terms of investing that property or not. That was, that was going to be my next question. So you've got this property. It's multiple units. Who do you work with to... Uh, assure that you've got great property management on site. Yeah. So COVID really transformed the game of real estate investment. Yes. So because of COVID and a lot of people couldn't go and, you know, see the properties in person and a lot of tenants didn't feel comfortable letting people touring their apartments during, you know, a global pandemic, yes. which is understandable. So because of that, a, you're able to, you, in, as a, any business owner, if you're not changing or evolving, you'll, you'll never grow. So then you have to think outside the box. What else can I do? If I can't see the property, what can I do? Can I hire someone uh, that's able to go out there, disinfect, and make sure that the tenants are comfortable so that we can get as much information so we can make a decision? Yes. Uh, in terms of managing the property itself, there are a lot of property management groups throughout the United States. Okay. You just need to vet the right one, make sure you have a trusted source, ask them as many questions, interview them, asking about their past experiences, how they handle an issue, what's their hierarchy in terms of like, hey, there's an issue here, you know, uh, someone's toilet, something is wrong with it. What do you do? Do you have any contractors that are able to go out there and, you know, get this problem resolved right away? What are the costs? What are the fees? So you don't necessarily need to manage it. Gotcha. As long as you're delegating it and having the right team, Yes, that that makes it even more successful um, asset that we would want to invest in. Okay. Because if you're if you don't if you don't learn how to delegate in a business, specifically investment, then you might be losing out on a lot of things. Understood. You need to understand the value of your time and where you're allocating your time, so that way you can make a a better and more informed decision. Understood. Now. Five years from now, George, where where are you? Where's the fund? Where's your firm in terms of real estate investment? Where would you hope to be? I In the next five years, we're looking to do real estate development. Okay. So we want to be able to develop something very beautiful, multi-units with commercial space, which is it's called mixed use. You have residential units upstairs. Yes. And then on the bottom level, you have your typical commercial real retail. And then we wanted to be able to have some type of rooftop to it, your pool, a lot of amenities for our tenants. So that's, that's what we're looking for that we're able to accomplish in the next few years. Okay. Now, now going, going back to your, your days at Minding Our Business, how is the fund or the firm continually to give back to uh, inner city communities? So we actually hold classes. So okay. in our community, we're able to, you know, host a class, which is actually free. And people are able to learn about, you know, finance 101, your typical yes. financial literacy courses, you know, a debit card versus a credit card. Yes. In uh, different types of savings account. What's the difference between a CD, 
uh, like a certificate of deposit versus a regular savings money market account? Yes. Should I invest in a brokerage account or should I have an IRA account? Yes. So all these financial literacy, we're able to give back to the community. They're able to understand to make a better, more informed decision about their finances. And awesome. that's really the fundamental and the cornerstone of establishing a great lifestyle for the future awesome. is understanding finances. Now, an, an, another young man that comes to my mind is, um, oh, my God, Andre McNear, uh, former MOB student. Him and his partner just bought uh, some some high-end property here in Trenton. I would love to put you two together. You you may not know of each other, but the fact that you all came out of the Mining Our Business program would be a, a major you know feather in uh, the hats of both Dr. Hernandez and myself, you know. And we certainly would love to see you guys make that connection. But and and I'll and I'll make sure to put you guys in touch with one with, uh, with one another. Man. Absolutely, yeah, that would be great. Man, I, I listen. I am so excited. So I, I know now, George, we're going to stay connected because we're going to make some great things happen. I'm trying to do a summer online entrepreneurial class. So I know when it comes to the financial literacy part, I may I may call you and ask you to speak speak to that area as my subject matter specialist. Of course, absolutely. I'd love to help out as much as I can. Fantastic. So with the time that we have left, is there anything that we need to know new about the fund, about the firm, and your vision for changing the world? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I believe in terms of changing the world, it's not a one man's job. As long as every person has that little seed planted in their heart that they want to change the world, then as long as you're planting that seed and spreading them, then, you know, we we can all accomplish that same goal. Okay. Uh, In terms of real estate investments, uh, because we cater to a lot of our uh, investors are accredited investors. Yes. They have to meet certain criteria, but if someone is listening and who's an accredited and they would love to learn more about what we do and how we can help them save or invest in real estate, they're more than welcome to visit our website, drcinvestors.com. Dot com. They can hit the contact us, you know, submit their information, and then someone will get back to them shortly within the next 24 to 48 hours to learn about what their needs and how we can be uh, of help. Okay. Now, I, I've got, I'm, I'm going to make this up as I go, uh, but bear with me. So the fund, sure. the fund that you created is just for multi-use um, residential property, right? Right now, it's for multi-units, correct. Okay. Have you ever thought about doing a fund where you would create uh, for, for investors who want to invest in commercial property that had an inter, uh, entertainment bent? Like, so, yeah. Okay, you have. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sh- so sh- we're sh- actually exploring, sure, we're exploring different types of real estate investments. So like yes. I said earlier, uh, we're, we're taking it one step at a time. We have a whole roadmap in terms of different routes we want to explore, yes. which would be, you know, the buy and hold, which we're, what we're currently doing with the multi-units. We want to be able to develop eventually, which would be both residential and commercial. Yes. There's also the industrial part, which is huge and booming right now, where you have, you know, the, the like Amazon, where they're going around purchasing major lots, sizes, that way, that way they can build a warehouse facility that can accommodate their ever-growing business. Yes. You have the same thing with like Shopify and all these e-commerce uh, business owners where they need space for their current inventory. Mm-hmm. 
So it, the that part of the industry is actually very attractive to a lot of investors at the moment. Yes. So we're, we're trying to see how we can also get a piece of the pie as well. And we're trying to create different funds that tailor to other people's needs in terms of what they're looking for. So we're eventually going to have a short-term fund, a long-term fund, something where it gives you, you, you become a limited partner in a specific um, property, which gives you a lot of tax benefits. Um, and then, we're, so right now, we're currently focused on the multi-units. Yes. But as the time progresses and, you know, we, we're growing, we eventually want to explore different options. Now, for the accredited investor, you're looking for them to have what a minimum of fifty thousand to do the fund. Oh, we're we're a little flexible okay. in terms of how much people can invest. It all depends on the different properties or the capital we're looking to raise. Okay, but it's typically around that price. Uh, you know, the fifty seventy five thousand okay. as a minimum entry. Now. As an accredited investor, they, they can Google or they can look up the SEC definition. You know, typically you need to make, you know, $250,000 as an annual income or 300000 if you have a spouse. You know, your, your net worth needs to exceed a specific amount, like a million dollars, excluding your primary residence. So there's, there are a couple things we got to make sure that the investor meets before, yes. um, we can onboard them. Understood. Understood. And so how long is that vetting process for you and your partners? Oh, it's typically like a, a quick interview. Okay. Uh, we, we, we ask them the questions and then we verify by, you know, they need to submit different types of statements and yes. uh, proof that, you know, to show that they are a qualified individual. Okay. Understood. Man, man, this sounds so exciting. And so all of this vision, all of this passion developed while you were at Rider University. Most of my passion towards the business developed while I was at Ryder. And then, wow. you know, as I graduated and as Ryder planted that seed in me, yes. you know, it just kept on growing and growing. And I'm just cultivating that, um, that specific passion that's within me. And uh, right now it's, it's, it's been real estate for quite some time. Yes. And I'm learning as much as I can. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to spread my passion and what I, you know, the limited knowledge that I have to other people. No. Curious question. So you, you said creating a fund. Would you ever consider creating a fund for mental health and wellness, like a, almost like a daycare center type fund for, for elderly people? Well, I'm not, not elderly, but people who may need those services. Because, you know, one of the things I noticed about the pandemic, like everybody, so many people have like this mental health concerns, like these daycare facilities or rehab facilities. Have you thought about creating a fund that would, purchase and, and, and operate those type of um, daycare facilities, rehab facilities? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So that sounds more of like a private equity fund where yes, private equity is a little bit different than real estate funds because okay. private equity, they're essentially raising capital to invest in different types of opportunities, not, okay. not tailored to a specific class, like an asset class, like for example, like real estate. So private equity can open up a fund because they want to focus on, you know, the environmental health and, um, the, the green aspect of that, or they can open up a different fund because they want to explore something in the technology field, or they yes. want to open up another fund to invest in the healthcare facilities. So that's the private equity. We don't do these things, but what we do is we open up funds for real estate. Yes. And some of eventually what we want to have is on the commercial side, it would be a commercial building with a lot of healthcare offices. Yes. And that could include, you know, 
you know, doctor, farm, doctor office, a pharmacy, and eventually a daycare, both for kids and adult, a senior yes. living home, um, uh, a safe space for, uh, for something like that. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Wow. We fantastic, man. George, <laughs> one more, one more time. Give us the contact information, the website where folks can obtain more information. Sure. Absolutely. BRCinvestors.com. Uh, Blackridge Capital, LLC. They can Google that. And uh, they can, you know, visit our uh, website to learn more. Yeah. Now, just as a joke, I, I like the Black Rich Capital, right? Right? Because it, yeah. it almost sounds like Black Rock. So if you're moving too fast, like, man, I'm dealing with Black Rock? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Black Rich Capital. I, I like that. I'm had to steal that name because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Man, how'd you come up with that name? Uh, I don't recall how I came up with that name. I, uh, you know, I tried different names and, gotcha. you know, I was, Black has this thing in the financial industry oh, come on where it's, it's, it's a prestige and, um, <laughs> listen, <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Listen. Who are you telling? You know, uh, <laughs> you you mentioned you mentioned BlackRock or anything black in the financial industry, and they're like, those are that's the the thousand pound gorilla in the room, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ooh, so I, like I I yeah. So I wanted to have that part of the ring as well, where yes. you know Blackridge, it, it did exactly what you just said. Oh, it sounds some. Uh, Familiar to like BlackRock or yes. Blackstone or yes. you know some of the other <laughs> prominent firms. <laughs> yeah, and you you know what's you know what's so funny. You know, part of part of the podcast. You know, we also talk about the the social injustice that's happening to Black and Brown folk, right? Sure. And And I I remember um, that the only time that the name or the color black was good was was when they were talking about something financial, like I'm in the black. That, oh, that meant that was, it was good. You know, you're doing pretty good, you know, uh, now, but now, you know, now you hear the word black rock. So we as African-Americans, we feel good, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just messing with you, <laughs> but you, you get the, you get the gist of what we had to overcome. All right. Any, of course. Any, Absolutely. George, any final words that you want to, you, hey, you want to, hey, hey, you give a shout out to Dr. Hernandez, man. Go ahead. Yeah. Dr. Hernandez. Thank you for, uh, you know, bring, giving me the opportunity to join MOB and to learn more about myself and helping others. And because of that, I'm, you know, I'm doing it here. I'm giving it back to the community. And I want to spread as much of that joy that you gave everyone in terms of uh, not to give up, not to quit, and to just keep enduring the pain until something good ha uh, comes out of it. You know, the the storm before the, the rainbow. Yes, yes. Now, now speaking, you know, because Dr. Hernando was a marketing professor. Now, talking about marketing, I thought we were going to end this podcast, but I, I got more time. You have more time? Sure. Okay. What type of marketing are you using? Are you using social media right now? So in terms of stuff like this, we have to be very careful in terms yes. of the different types of marketing that we exercise. Yes. Just because of different types of compliance and regulation issues. Um, so we are utilizing... Uh, social media, we're keeping it, you know, very brief in terms of different types of investments, stuff yes. like that. But because of the nature of the business, we, um, 
we have to limit our marketing in terms of what we can, cannot do, what we can, cannot say. Yes. Uh, because of different types of compliance and regulation issues. Okay. Awesome. But I mean, but you... the best marketing thing for us is the word of mouth, and we were able to grow and, and come to where we are at this point because you know you get one good investor, you do them right. They start seeing, hey, these folks are keeping up their word in terms of giving us the returns that we anticipated. Yes. Uh, we're transparent. They're getting reports of like how much money they've invested. They can see and track everything, where yes. their money is going, what's going in, what's going out. And because of that level of transparency, honesty, and trust, now they can recommend us to their, you know, other accredited buddy. You know, they're like, hey, listen, I, you know, these folks are doing X, Y, and Z. I heard you're trying to get into, you know, an alternative investment. Yes. Give them, like, you know, check them out. Yes. Let me put you in touch with so-and-so. And, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of listeners from uh, the podcast, this interview, that would be encouraged to uh, check you guys out. Work. That'd yeah. be great. Awesome. And yeah. I just want to, I just want to make it uh, very clear out there for anyone who's listening. Uh, when we actually started this, a lot of people telling us, no, this is so hard. It's impossible. What are the chances? What do you know about this? What do you know about that? And you just, you got to keep, you got to keep going. Uh, yes. Don't let the naysayers tell you you can't do something because they never had the opportunity or the chance to do it. Otherwise, they wouldn't become the naysayer. Yes. So I love it. follow your passion, uh, stick to your gut. And th the person who wants to do something most likely knows enough to get them started than the person that's telling them, no, don't do it. And then the reason why they're telling them, Hey, don't do it because that person lacks the knowledge or the expertise of that person that has. So if you have at least an ounce extra in knowledge, that's more than enough to get you started. You know, every, I, I want to keep in, I want to end the podcast, but I can't because I, I got to ask this next question. So you were a mentor in the mining our business program. When you started this business, who is your mentor? So I have a mentor, I'm not going to mention their name, mm -hmm. and uh, they're also in, in the financial industry, Yes, not very specific to the real estate, but because of the, the, the work that they deal with, they are exposed to different types of real estate investments yes. for the employer that they're with. Okay. So they're the person that's able to guide us if you have any questions in terms of like you know, legality or compliance or marketing or we have any, hey, should we pursue this deal? Do you mind taking a look about this potential development deal? Yes. That, that person is right there. And um, I take everything that this person says to heart and very professional. And I feel every person, it's hard to find a good mentor. But once you do, you got to make sure you never let go of that individual. Got to stick with them like glue, buddy. Right. That's, that's fantastic. So one more time with the contact, George, please. Sure. BRCinvestors.com. Excellent. George, any final words? No, I just want to thank you and thanks for your time and for having me here. No, listen, it was man, a I, pleasure. I am so glad you made the reconnect, man, because I'm, I'm always interested in finding out the impact that the Mining Our Business program had on uh, the mentors and what are they doing now and how can we continue to stay in touch with one another? Because one of the things I've been thinking about, and i got to get off my lazy ass to do it, I would love to do a... MOB, just a very, a very simple MOB covered dish, uh, cookout, you know, you know, someone that sounds like fun. just keep it simple. You bring your chair, you know, we have, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, you know, cause for the first one, we just start off small 
and just do a, like a meet and greet, and we just keep it light, just to kind of reintroduce ourselves and just to kind of pay catch up, catch up. Yeah, let's 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 work on that, man, because I, I I've got some young folks on this end that are not not so much young now, and they, I think they would be encouraged, they would be excited about doing something like this. Sure. All right. Uh, let me know if I can help in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely, George. You have been fantastic, man. Let's stay in touch, brother. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you, my friend. Let's talk in text. Talk to you then. Take care. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. That concludes another episode of the Entrepreneurial Enclave with Kevin Wortham, the podcast that focuses on building maintaining, pivoting, planning, and investing in you, the entrepreneur. We hope you found this episode informative and enlightening. If you have any questions or comments about any of our episodes, please call 609-731-9311 or email kevin at minding our-business.com We look forward to joining us for our next one. Until next time.